You're listening to The Building Code. I'm Tom Houghton. I'm Paul Worth. And today joining us on our episode, we have Brad Hogan. He's the Chief Operating Officer at Hogan Design Construction. Welcome, Ho- welcome Hogan. Welcome, Brad. All right. That's all right. You call me Hogan. I've been getting called that since I was a kid. Really? Oh, there you, go. Hey, there you go. See, we're just, Brad and I, we go way back. You mean Hogan and you. Yeah. <laughs> I was making it conversational for you. No, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Hello, hello, Hogan. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me on here. I'm excited to talk to you. Yes, we are excited to have you. You are coming to us straight from Illinois. Is that outside Chicago or where, where are you guys based out of? Yeah, we're about 45 minutes west of Chicago, Geneva, Illinois. Okay. So, obvious question, Cubs or White Sox? <laughs> I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a Cubs, I've been a Cubs fan since I was a little kid. All right, there you go. So right now it's a good time to be. It's a good time to be in Chicago. That's right. That's right. It's exciting. Well, um, Brad's joining us because you've not only been a client for a long time. We we met each other probably a few different times, but most recently at the at a at a Builders University in Omaha, uh, and we just thought you and your company are, are really cool and and wanted to tell your story on the cast. And speaking of story, so there's actually two Hogans, right? So there is my brother. My brother's the owner, and I'm I'm the uh, I'm, I'm work for him. So. <laughs> That's good. As the COO, big time. Yeah, it's not messing around. So, so let's let's just start there. Tell us about your company as it relates to what you guys focus on, type of work, number of employees. So we're um, we actually do all kinds of we're 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 kind of we're kind of more of a project management firm. So we do we can do small projects, we can do large projects, we do residential, we do commercial. So we do new construction, we do remodeling. So we're kind of a a mix. Um, we actually have with 10 full-time employees and two part- part-time employees. We were founded in 2000. I came out in 2002 and uh, we've just been plugging away. That's really interesting. So a lot of people do like to segment themselves for a lot of obvious reasons, right? Like you can create processes. If you're just doing kitchens, that's your wheelhouse. You create processes around kitchens. If you're just doing new homes, that's your wheelhouse. You create processes around new new homes to streamline. So you guys find that you can really be have a wide variety and still still work, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's really, I mean, the processes to me they all feel pretty similar. Kitchens, bathrooms, basements. I mean, there are, there are similarities and there's differences. But when you get into larger scale projects, those processes change a little bit. But as long as you have kind of got those defined, get good getting through a project, big or small, they're they're all pretty similar for us. Who, who handles sales for you guys? It's a combination of myself and my brother. I do most of our residential remodel sales. My brother does more of our large commercial, large new construction projects. So Got it. We've talked a lot about the sales process for construction companies over these last few episodes. So I guess framed in that conversation, when you guys do everything, how do you select your projects then? We have a pretty good uh, screening process that we start with uh, right from the get-go. Like whether they reach out to us online or, or to a phone call, we have uh, our office manager reaches out and kind of goes through a checklist of questions that we ask just to kind of see if it's a good fit. Big thing is budget. Like it's a, it's uh, a lot of people don't. It's like a scary word for people to talk with their customers about, but we want to know about it right away because we want to make sure that it's going to line up with our expectations and their expectations because that's one of the biggest problems I think that construction companies have is that they don't want to talk about the money and that causes a lot of problems later on. So, but yeah, I mean, really like an ideal customer for us is just kind of somebody who's done this before and really wants a better experience. They want to, they want to have, have it managed correctly. They want to make sure that they're communicated with well. And that's what we kind of specialize in. So that's really interesting. Yeah. I like that. That's an interesting wrinkle into the qualification process. Yeah. 
I've never heard that before. So we want people who have done it before and had sort of a, a normal experience, which is typically in this industry, not to say anything about the, the, the business owners, but it's not great communication wise. And so you're, you're really looking to deliver on the communication and have a raving client because of how you guys do things in your company. Yeah. Raving fans. That's what we're looking for. We want, we want customers to really appreciate what we did for them. So it's similar to here, here in Omaha, build a trend is definitely like a tech friendly company, Brad, you've been here, you know, pool tables, bars, all that great stuff we have here. We, we actually look for the same thing. We look for people who have had a, a, a normal corporate cubicle job and go, we're going to blow your socks off here yeah. with culture and, and, and sort of what we are. Definitely. That's a cool strategy I've never thought of for in construction. You guys, uh, I noticed you on your website there, you've got an award there for the Remodeling Big 50. That's quite the award. Yeah, we were- yeah, that was, uh, I think that was three years ago. Yeah, that was, uh, that was exciting. We were, we were super honored to get that. Um, we always just think of ourselves as like a, a small company that's outside and, uh, and we've gotten a little bit of recognition, so it's kind of nice. That's awesome. Hard work's paying off for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. probably helps. So the other thing I, I noticed on your website, and we'll put your website obviously in the show notes just so people can check this out. Again, I think this is for the listeners who have their business owners out there and you're thinking about your website. You guys have a newsletter. And now what's funny about a newsletter is that in some respects, it's an outdated thing. concept. It is, but in other, but actually more and more businesses are actually going back to it. Quite honestly, it's a good way to stay in touch with your clients and have a subscriber. Mm-hmm. Like you basically, when you subscribe to a podcast, same kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. Hey, I have 500 people subscribed to my newsletter. Yeah. This is a great Avenue to communicate and resell. Is that how you guys think of it, or take me through what that looks like? Yeah, it's like one of the touch points for us. Um, people who, a lot of the times during our sales process, we ask if they're interested in receiving that, and then you know, throughout the process, we just double check with them. We talk to neighbors about it, but it's just a way of getting in front of people. Like our marketing strategy is a little different than most in that we're not big on the ask. We just want to be present. We want people to see us. We want people to know about us, and when they, we want to be the person that they think of, and and. A monthly newsletter helps because we're hitting at least once a month. Past customers, even people we didn't use, they're seeing us quite often. So, well, you just got a brand new subscriber. Probably just came through. My name's on it. So, <laughs> so uh, what should I expect every month? Because I think that's the other that's the other trick with with newsletters or really any content for a construction company, you're really focused on construction, the sale, and then getting and doing the job. But then, if I have a newsletter, what do I put in it? So we toyed back and forth with. A, a very informative, lots of information newsletter where you had click-throughs and links and all kinds of things, but we just wanted it to be simple. We just want to kind of touch, we touch one topic a month, whether it be change orders or calendars and marketing aspects. We do, we touch one subject, subject a month, and then on the side column, there usually is something about our company over there. So it's, you know, we hired somebody or somebody just got an award or we just, the company wanted a reward. So it's just, it's real simple, real, real simple. And it links back to our website. So it drives traffic to us. So yeah. So, so the angle is industry news, industry tips and tricks. If you're going to do a home, remember change orders are important, things like that. And then, then obviously it's about your business too, like personal news. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I love the integration of the team aspect of that. Uh, also, cause on your website, you have a whole section dedicated to your team. I think that's just a great takeaway for any of our listeners to have pictures and a little brief bio because when somebody comes across your team member, they kind of instantly have that connection. They go like, oh yeah, I've seen that face before. You kind of like remove that initial barrier of like, ooh, does this person actually work for them or, you know? Yeah, we appreciate it. We actually, we're looking at incorporating a little bit into that 
into our production. Right now we do it for sales. So when we have a sales call set up, they'll get an email with my picture on there or my brother's picture and just kind of said, this is who's coming out tomorrow. So that way they kind of know. But we're thinking about doing it a little bit more with our field guys prior to their introduction, same thing. So. That's a great point. I've heard a lot of companies do that. And it, I think it's it's something that anybody listening should take out of this podcast and probably do right away. I've seen some, some people uh, do it through the actual uh, owner portal, right? So through, through Build Their Trend. So let's say that you guys post-sale, you make a deal. There's a profile picture on the owner portal area. Uh, we've seen them like put at first like the project manager's face there or like the team's face there. So when the client first logs into the portal, which should be a part of like your onboarding process to a new client, they can see the team that's working on their job before they go to the off, cool. before they go to the site. So that, that's something that is a good way to do that. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't think of it, one of our clients. Somebody else. <laughs> I don't come up with the idea. That I take credit for them. Yeah, not not you. Yeah, not yeah. me. I just, it's funny. Like we we didn't have a plan to like completely dissect your website and ask you about it, but, I have another, <laughs> but we are. But I have another question about your website now, <laughs> uh, which by the way, it's a great website. So it's uh, hogandesignandconstruction.com. dot uh, com. Check it out. So your community page is that just in a uh, your blog, like po- your blog post, or is there another angle there for community for you guys? Yeah, we're very big in the community and. We're trying to develop that even more, but uh, we recently launched on Facebook. We call it Project Hope, and basically what it is, it started out with us kind of talking to our team members or myself, my brother, or whatever, just finding something that hits them, you know, hits their heart, and then we will either donate money, which we we prefer not doing money. We prefer doing some sort of uh, tangible gift that we can give to them, but we had a, an employee who had um, a big affinity with AA and he, so we, we did some uh, a pool table for them. And so we do things like that to just kind of say that we're giving back to our community. Like we really do. Like we care about our community we're, we're it's important to us. And so just being present and doing things, we, we recently, we gave back to the whole community. We bought breakfast for just random people at, at a popular breakfast place for about an hour and a half. We just paid for breakfast for everyone for about an hour and a half. And people were, very excited about it, posting on Facebook, and so it's just it, it, it was a fun thing to do because you're just surprising people. Hope and design and construction, stand for your breakfast. So that's awesome. That's, that's cool. really that's cool. cool. It's cool marketing, but obviously you can tell for you guys it comes from your heart, right. trying to engage your employees and, and you and your brother. But I mean, the reality is, and is probably as old as time. People like free stuff, especially food. Yeah, that's hey, true. T-shirts. Yeah. People go wild. T-shirts, t-shirts are great. Yeah. The Builder Trend T-shirt. Speaking yes. of Builder Trend T-shirts, I love your T-shirts. I, I, yes. I got more than I was supposed to when I was there. Yes. My, my wife wears one. I wear them all the time. I think they're great. I It's it's honestly, I was joking about that, but it's it's a cool marketing tool, right? Like we're always on somebody's mind because we're on the T-shirt. So yeah. beyond the community, do you and your brother of the business, do you guys have an, uh, a budget and or a strategy for brand awareness? I've seen a lot of companies do. Do, do a lot of different ways. What do you, how do you guys get the brand out to the community besides obviously the, the Project Hope or community here? These are the, the, to, to be honest, these kinds of activities are our biggest things. Like we do things that we're not, we're not looking to. We, one of the things that we do that's pretty cool is we send out pens to anybody who contacts us and then customers and then they get pens every three or four months just two or three pens and it's you know got our content so basically my business card wrapped around it and i gotta tell you i mean i go anywhere i go in geneva i see my pens i see them <laughs> at i see i see them at restaurants i see them at at galleries i see them everywhere I'm like this is working that's <laughs> so, cool that's a that's an easy one that's a great win yeah 
easy ones that everybody should be doing, I guess, let me ask, do you, do you guys have your logo on all your trucks, company trucks, and, and your pers- your oh, yeah. truck you use? Yeah, uh, you can see my, my, my shirt. Got we got t-shirts. our shirt. Yep. Hat, swag, if we got, all of our trucks are lettered. We have a big sign in front of our very prominent location in Geneva. All of our job sites have a lot of signage on there. We, we, we draw a lot of attention. A lot of times people like will just come up to me and they say, oh, we see you working here, we see you working there. And then, can we come do an estimate for us? So yeah, that, that kind of stuff works real well. That's, you know, signs are, are fairly cheap, but you know, getting into wrapping your buses and trucks and a bunch of t-shirts to your team and even more swag. There's, there's shockingly a lot of construction companies that don't do that stuff. Like their employees are out there and whatever. Their employees don't have, you know, the logo on the car. They don't put signs in the yard every single time. Like those are those are basics to marketing that can really deliver leads, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right. It's, I mean, one of the things that we do, like you said, yard sign. Yard signs are great, but one of the things that we also do, uh, our project managers will visit somewhere between ten and thirty houses around the property to drop off a part in our dust letter. And oh, it, we don't just drop it off. We have them introduce themselves. We have them give them business cards. We have we give them a little. Uh, it's like a little broom dustpan that says "Pardon Our Dust" and it's got our logo on there. So it's it's one of those things like we really are trying to draw attention to us being in the neighborhood because we want to keep working on it. So that's awesome. it works. Like our, our our guys are very diligent. And they really they, it brings them some business. We'll have Super Producer Brooke grab a picture of that for the for the show notes because yeah. that's a definite yeah. takeaway for everybody. That's really cool. That is. It's great because also like in neighborhoods when construction is happening, I think most neighbors are always like upset about it. And so I like that you're kind of being proactive about that and saying, hey, like, we know we're going to be making some noise or whatever. Here's a way to contact us. If What is he like? Is he demoing? Like, he's, he's, he's doing a lot of demo what? work. He's doing a lot of demo work. All right. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been at the set. It's like, good. They're improving their house. The value goes up. You'd be surprised at what people get upset about. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Have you Have you been on next door? <laughs> I mean. Yeah. What's next door? Is that some sort of dating app or? <laughs> do you, Brad, do you know what next door is? Nextdoor, the uh, the they're like a lead generation company. Yeah, what are you talking? What's Nextdoor? Brooke, producer Brooke. It's an app. Thank you, Brooke. Well, I understand. Producer it's an Brooke. App. What is the purpose of the app? It's a neighborhood app. It's like Facebook for your neighborhood. Why don't people just use Facebook? Because it's old hat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. We've moved on to Nextdoor. Right, we've moved on to Nextdoor. Ne- Thank you, Next. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well played there. Topical. Yeah, it's good. Um, Ariana Grande reference. Good. So, so I want to put a button uh, or bow on this conversation about branding, marketing leads. Do you try or do you do a good job of tracking your sources? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we track we track all of our sources. But it, it's actually, I'd say it's relatively new. We didn't try until we realized how important it was. And I'd say we've been doing it for about two years. Our biggest source is Facebook. Facebook is easily, like, we're very prominent on Facebook. We're, we we do a lot of advertising on there. And then we have a lot of people looking for referrals. And we have a lot of people who recommend us that from that. We do track it because if you're spending marketing dollars and you don't know why, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's a great story. So previous to a couple of years ago, you were still spending marketing dollars and you really had no insight into which was working and which wasn't besides gut. No. And then two years ago, so post, you've been really tracking that. Are you tracking that in Builder Trend in our lead tool? Or? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, cool. we, we love the sales aspect in Builder Trend. We use marketing aspect for that. Absolutely. Cool. And do you, do you guys, whenever you set your marketing budget for a year, do you have a marketing budget on a year basis? Or yes, we do. Yep. So do you guys just pull like sold deals and like look at the sources and kind of just yeah, use we'll, that we'll as look the at, guide? We'll look at what's going well, what's not going well. We, we're, and we tweak it every year. Every year it's a little bit different. 
sometimes we're putting more money toward things that we thought were going to work because they are working and we pull money away from stuff that was working. So it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a huge marketing having the builder trying the portion of that is real nice to be able to just look at it in a couple of clicks and see what, what's working. Yeah. You gotta have, you gotta have systems in place to track that stuff, which is, which is cool. I'm glad you're using that. I love that all this stems around bringing it back to the very beginning point that you made is just being aware, like people being aware of you and the community. Like if everybody knows about Hogan, like they, it's like, Hey, I need to remodel my kitchen. Who am I going to use? Oh, that guy who I just used the pen to sign for my check at the restaurant or, you know what I mean? Like even subliminal. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's just so great. Yeah. It's, 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 it takes a lot of work to get there, but it is, sure. it's, a, it's a good way to do it. That's yeah. Right. So obviously you guys do a lot of different projects. What's a, project in your mind that stood out as like one of your more recent favorite ones that you've worked on we're actually we're working on two really cool ones right now we're it's one of them is it's a coffee house in downtown geneva that they also they have a second store that's a chocolate store and they don't have enough lead for production and they honestly their coffee house is a little small and so we're putting a huge addition on the back it's in a historic district so we had a lot of uh a lot of historic issues that we had to deal with on the front end to make sure that we got it through but that's uh, that's one of the big projects that we have going. That's pretty cool. And then we're also we're doing a build out. Well, it, it's actually it's like a banquet hall slash coffee house, but it's also a, a church. So it's it's kind of a it's a cool combination of all of that. And it's uh, it's right in the heart of uh, one of the neighboring suburbs here, uh, downtown Aurora. And it's it's going to be a cool, very very cool finished product. Like we're, we're excited on both of them to see how it's going to end. So. That's awesome. Like a little multi-used mixed space. Sounds like yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. I feel like that's a trending direction. Yeah, for sure. For yeah, with commercial stuff for sure right now. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so you guys are you guys are even into like commercial stuff as well. Yeah, like commercial. Yeah. yeah, we do we do everything. We go small projects, big projects, commercial, residential. We love it. How are you guys set up? Do you put a project manager on each project as the lead, or tell me a little bit about your production setup? Yeah, we we we. It's funny. Our our production has grown so much because. And when I say grown, worked and changed because when I when I first moved into the that end of things, my brother was he was like a owner like every owner operator he did everything mm-hmm. and didn't really like parting away with things. And slowly, he, when he moved me out of the field and into the management, he called me a production manager. But really, I was just managing all of our projects, which was real busy. And actually, part of the reason we found Builder Friend was because of that. Like, I, we needed some way to manage schedule. That was the biggest thing. I, mm-hmm. I need a schedule. When we sell a job, uh, all of our jobs come with project managers. Now, our project managers are not on site 24-7, they're, but they are available 24-7. So our project managers run somewhere between active in the field. They have somewhere between three and five jobs going at a time. Okay, and yeah, that's what I was they're, they're bouncing back and forth between projects. Okay, so you like to keep it around three to five at a time. So I guess the other question is, how do you guys handle, because it's you and your brother in the sales process, and typically that's where you're talking scope of work and really like the tangible things around the job, everything you discuss in the sales process and the estimate. How do you communicate that information to the production team? What does that handoff look like? So there's a, we, we actually have a uh, production startup sheet that we use and basically it, it, it's kind of interesting because the way that it starts is the first meeting when the job is sold we bring our project managers to that meeting so we can kind of walk them through the space walk them through the scope get them at least get their heads kind of wrapped around it but then it goes back and my job as production manager i go through the first portion of our sheet which is getting builder trying kind of live and up and running getting everything inputted that i have on the sales end whether that be 
uh, plans and uh, scopes and uh, spec sheets and all that kind of stuff. I get that inputted. Then that sheet gets handed off to the project manager where they plan the jobs out. They do their schedules. They do their purchase orders. They do, and that all, again all goes through builder trends. And then once that's done, it goes back to me for review. I make notes. I meet with them. We kind of tweak it again. And then it goes back to them to make the adjustments. And then the, the, the final step is once they lock in the start date, it goes back to me for my final processing. And then, you know, I'll get some of our guild quality things set up and, and uh, finalize builder trend, lock in start dates, lock in baselines, all that kind of stuff. And then it goes into production. Awesome. I, I love that you uh, use baseline because that is a great way on the production side of things to see where you're winning and losing, right? So let's talk. Let's let's go down that road a little bit. So you guys confirm a length of the job. Let's just call it ninety days, right? First off, do you guarantee that ninety days? How do you communicate that to the client? What does that look schedule, like? Schedule. So the way that our schedule looks is it, it spells out everything. We let them see the whole schedule right from the beginning. Depending on the the length of the schedule, there'll there'll be a buffer days at the end of the job. So sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's a month. It depends on the, the scope and, and the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the schedule, what we tell people is the, bu- the end of the buffer days is when we will be done. Unless if something along the line changes and if there's a change order, they're going to get that information in the change order. It's going to tell you, you know, the price, the scope of work, how much uh, or uh, how many days it's going to add to the project. But the whole time it's being tracked through Builder Trend and through the, the customer so that they're aware. And then we tell them up front that the, the, the schedule is a living, breathing thing. We're a construction company. There's going to be times where, especially here in Chicago, we might have the plumber scheduled, and then the day before, pipes are frozen everywhere. And so he's not coming to your job site because your job site is not an emergency. But we explain that our project managers are going to get it back on schedule. We're going to double stack people or whatever to try to keep it under there. So we will finish on time, assuming there's not change on it. That's pretty much how, that, that, that's how that works. I have a ton of questions after that. That's great. So, so <laughs> transparency. We talk about that all the time. We preach yeah. it, obviously. We preach it as best practice, obviously, do it through Builder Trend, right? Makes sense. Had you, had you always been that transparent as related to the schedule, or did you make a shift in your company philosophy at some point? Yeah. We, no, we weren't always that transparent. It was, it was honestly, when, when Builder Trend came up and then we actually started showing them our schedules, that's when we, it became more transparent. We had to be more transparent because they were seeing what, what our plan was. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, we, they would say, how long is this project going to take? six to eight weeks, but nobody's tracking that. So like they, they kind of do, they, but now you can actually see it. And they'll say, you know, it looks like you guys are behind. And then our project manager said, well, we are behind, but here's what we're going to do to make it up. And, but yeah, it, it, we weren't always that way. It was, it, it became considerably easier when we could see it in front of us. So, and what have the results been about being more transparent with the client as it relates to your Customers, relationship? We, we, we have build quality. We get a lot. We are very highly rated. We just got our, our the guild master's award our customers are happy with us. Communication is the most important part of any kind of project. Yeah. And the more transparent, like customers are realistic. They understand. They understand when things happen. But if you're trying to pretend like they're not happening, that's when the frustration is going to add up. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. Good. Yeah. I'm glad that that's consistent. The last thing I just, just, just to follow up, because this is why I asked the question. So internally, we had a 90-day schedule. We've got the baseline view. For those who don't know, you start your schedule. You click on a button called baseline view. And basically what that does is that takes a snapshot of your original schedule. And then as you make changes throughout the job, it's going to ask you why and track who made those changes and give you a roll-up. So as a business, do you guys look at that job by job or every quarter or every year and say, you know, why are we good or bad? And do, do you analyze that information we do absolutely we do and and to be honest we're still learning i was actually in a meeting today 
about um, bigger projects and the slippage on that and, and how to lock it in and get it under control. There's just, there's more variables that happen. And, but one of the things that happens is you kind of get into that thing where, well, because this happened, I have more time and we don't want that because this happened. It doesn't matter. We still want to finish on time. Like that's mm -hmm. our goal. So it's, uh, it, it's great. It's great to be able to track it, look at a project and what we do. I know people don't like that word, but an autopsy when the job's over and just look through it and see what happened and what, what we can change going forward. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get why people don't like that word, but I think it's a critical part of anybody's process, right? Yeah, we try to call it a debrief internally, but debrief, yeah. I like I like autopsy. That's cool. I do should, too. I don't know. I've always used that. Should we start doing that, Tom? Me and you. Once we once a after the podcast is over, let's autopsy this. Every Thursday it gets released. We'll just crack a beer and yeah. and. and criticize each other that's well, <laughs> sounds like fun boy you could have done better there <laughs> yeah i thought maybe we'd wrap this up really quick with just maybe some insight that you could provide to the listening audience i mean you guys have been extremely successful you work in a lot of different spaces not just residential but also commercial so for the listeners out there who are seeing your success and going like how can i have a part of that what would be your advice to them there's so many there's wow, there's so much i could Day, but really the, the, the biggest successes that we've had is our team like our, our building our team and, and really having confidence in them it's the thing that drives us brian my brother brian and myself i mean we, we have a lot of visions we have a lot of ideas but without our team behind us we wouldn't be able to do the things that we're doing and so it's really just establishing a team good rapport with your guys make sure that they have the same culture that you guys talked about they, they want to represent that it's it's so important like it's making sure everybody's on the same page. That's really what I would say. Yeah. Out of, out of a lot of contractors I talk to and even our clients, you guys do a ton of things right as it relates to how you go to market, how you build your brand, you know, even the community stuff. We didn't get into how you guys create culture. That's probably a great, great thing to get into at some point. Maybe we'll have you back on. We'll talk culture. culture no, I'd talk. love to. Culture talk with Hogan and his heroes. Um, and then, you know, again, and then also utilizing systems and of course, build the backbone, but like, even if it's not, you got to have systems in place and you got to track staff to get better. Right. Really important. When there's no system, you can't repeat it. Right. So. Yeah. Yep. Great. Well, I guess I was just saying you guys do a great job. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's great. Brad, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today and sharing your experience. We really appreciated getting to know you and about your company. And don't forget to check out our show notes page where you can find out links to their website. We'd love to see some pictures of those two jobs you mentioned too. And then like the the gift that you give out the to the community. Pan. Yeah, the, the dustpan dust thing. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. All I right. appreciate it, guys. Appreciate Thank you. you Good to see you. Good, Good to see you again. Take care. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.